Good evening, Patriots. And it's Wednesday, October 12th on the West Coast. And it's in the year 2022. And the East Coast, always a bit ahead. It's like time warp. And it's always cool. That's the cool thing about we connect people across the globe in different time zones. It's like literally bridging time and space. It's pretty neat. Patriots, one thing you need to worry about and be concerned about be focused on is preserving your wealth and that's why we have birch gold the last time we went through a recession there were stocks that literally went to zero washington mutual lehman brothers chrysler multiple blue chip stocks went to little or no value almost overnight could that happen again and if it did are your savings protected why not own something that has never been valued at zero gold historically your best hedge against inflation, which is racing out of control as we speak. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from the downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling dollar. Do you? Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. In fact, if you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals right now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Hedge against inflation. Protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 today. So, Patriots, a couple of things before we start tonight. One is that there's a group of Bards Nation folks that are putting together a really awesome get together and it's going to be on the 25th I'm sorry the Sunday the 23rd which is about a week and a half out and it's in Coonert Dairy on Coonert Dairy Farm now there's a, a link it's been being posted in Telegram and what they've done is they've gone to a farm festival that's already been set up and they rented a separate barn so the Bards Nation B-Dads could assemble. So there is a standard entry fee just for the festival. And it's it's a whole big farm festival, and it includes food and drinks and festival entry. So it's kind of a really cool thing. The festival cost, which is not the cost that they have any control over, is $30 for the adults and $10 for children. But this is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, again, I... Punky are, um, and Naoma and Jay Shaw 11 and are three of the contacts. And there's they're in moving around Telegram in our family room. They've been posting it here. I just wanted to highlight it. Flightworks Mary has been involved too. So it's really pretty cool. And I, I just if you get a chance to go, please do. It's, it's going to have a lot of prayer, a lot of great food, a lot of great time of meeting up together. That's going to be pretty cool. And then there's something else I just want to mention because we have in, in our group was somebody who gives unprecedented amount of time, more than you have any idea. And this man is awesome. He's a close friend. And this is Bear Armad. Um, I love this man. I've come to know him over the last couple of years and I just want you to know that this is a just someone to recognize because he is here all the time 
and he dedicates himself to Redeemer Church. He has God deep in, in his heart. He follows Jesus. I've had the blessing of breaking bread with he and his family. Um, beautiful, beautiful person. And I just want you to realize that I'm recognizing one, we have many, but this is just one of the people that's been so instrumental in helping this Bards Nation grow. And I just, my thank you to him and my thank you to all of you, but make sure and always just when you get a chance, thank Bear for all that he does because it's more than I can possibly count what he's done um, and what he is, is a friend to me and it means a lot. So friend and a brother, a brother in Christ. And that's part of us building a family. So it's pretty good. So, and, and he's really, uh, he's in the best of positions now too, because not only is he, uh, he's using his, God's put him to use his gifts and talents and put him right in the middle of Redeemer Church. And he's like the, the hammer over there in so many different ways. So it's really good. So anyway, very blessed that we have him here and thank you bear for all that you do really mean that. All right. So before we get pushing on here too much, let me just give you one other quick pitch and that's just my pillow. And just remember my pillow just dropped 20,000 pillows and blankets to Fort Myers. Mike Lindell is delivering those himself. And I just say that because this is a company that when you have a CEO that truly walks with Jesus and he does, and he makes, <laughs> he, he doesn't care where he is. He's going to talk about it. it. It's one of those reminders that, you know, God uses us all and he uses those that seek him. And this is what I, I, I love. I mean, who would have ever thought that a guy, someone who was a, had been a cocaine addict, ends up being a pillow salesman and ends up being one of the biggest voices for Jesus in our nation. So that said, as he supports us, let us support him. He really is doing amazing things. He's constantly is giving. He believes in it. I'm telling you, I've had these conversations with him and he's like, God gives me money. God gives me my wealth. My God gives me the platform. I push it out because that's what it's for. And his true belief is if he isn't using everything he possibly can right now to help reset the elections of 2020 it's not there's nothing you're not, there's not going to be anything on the other side anyway so he's really got the right idea and mike is the real deal just so you know because there's a, there's obviously when you get into the trolls they're always trying to make it put him down he's not he's real he's the real deal and it's uh and i really consider it a blessing to get to know him a little bit too so again you can head over to mypillow.com We've got our landing page over there, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, and your promo code is always Bards. There's a ton of stuff over there, great gifts and great time to buy them, and then you also have the My Store piece that's going on right now, and there you can find the My Coffee, which, by the way, I have to say it's really good. So check that out too, My Coffee, same promo code Bards. It's all good, so it all goes to help everything. All right, so with those things out of the way, which were very important, I want to read this, Matthew 18.6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. This is an NASB 1995 translation, and I I do prefer this translation for many reasons because it is, at this point, probably one of the closest we have to the original and I'm highlighting it here because there's really no room to discuss. The key thing here is it's not harming little ones. 
and and then some, some translations it says that anyone who dares do harm to the little ones, this is very specific. It causes them to sin. And that's a huge difference. And that puts upon us the, the responsibility of protecting them. And then it goes on to say, and I, because I'm often shortcut this when I, when I repeat it on the show without reading the direct from the scripture, that they need a millstone. But this is very specific, a heavy millstone. I don't know of any other type of millstone, but anyway, a heavy millstone hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. I, there's, <laughs> if we're going to get biblical on things, there's not a lot of room on that. It's pretty clear. So it is really important, I, I think, to go over these sorts of scriptures because God is very clear on what he's expecting of us. So that leads me to 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. And I don't know if this is really interesting because 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 and 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 are exact opposites. So 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 references the overseers and the deacons, but I, to me it represents all of us. And it reads, It is a trustworthy statement if any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, skillful in teaching, not overindulging in wine, not a bully, but gentle, not continuous, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? I, that's everybody's walk right there. And we all have to really ask ourselves that piece, is if we're not striving to those sorts of benchmarks in our life, how do we manage the church of God? And when we add to this the idea of establishing home churches or at the very least Bible studies in the home, those responsibilities become very visceral in our home and it's very necessary in our home. And that's bringing God back to the center point of our lives and living into that each and every day. It is part of bringing in, I'm going to use the term blessing here and, I, and there's probably a better term but the blessing of God within our home. But it's really living within that covenant that we make with him and with that, ensuring that that is always there. That's part of the, the Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 is maintaining the armor of God. And in that is not just a casual statement. That is a process of life that we're constantly living. And so much of that is a place where we as a Western culture are uncomfortable with talking about this much, but it is the demonic realm because the demonic realm is always knocking at the door. And we have to maintain our strength in Jesus, our eyes on him, truly the power of that to maintain that strength around us. Because when we slip, things slip right in and it and it begins to corrupt the heart. And, and there's a simple proof of this and, and you can... If you want to test it, I choose not to anymore. But if you just take some rough rap music or heavy, heavy metal 
and you start playing that, you're going to find your emotions or start getting agitated. You're going to start finding yourself amped up. You're going to start finding anxiety. You're going to start finding anger, possibly even hatred. We are affected by our environments, and what we immerse ourselves in truly does affect us. And I, I think it's very critical to appreciate that, that we're vessels, and part of us in walking in this world is that we have to choose wisely about what we surround ourselves with and what we immerse ourselves in. I want to play for you a, about a two-minute piece here of a woman that is not playing around, and she's cuts right to the chase and really well stated against a school board. This is um, at uh, Encinitas Union School District in California that made the des- decision to feature an event to sexualize young children, and this mother has stood up and speaks really well and will continue after this. I just want to know what it is uh, that makes a drag show family friendly because if you follow it to its logical conclusion you can slap family friendly titles on anything. You can have family friendly gentlemen's clubs, family friendly strip shows, family friendly Fifty Shades of Grey read alouds. Will you approve my flyer if I want to host in all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families if it's family friendly. It's my question. Wow. Uh, what is it about a grown man? And I honestly, sincerely, as a woman, mean this. What is it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out, a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking ass with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fish netted legs as he writhes on the ground, grinding his groin next to a minor? Family friendly. You owe us an answer. And you know, you don't get to hide by just taking something down off Peachtree and calling it a day. You owe an explanation and an apology to everyone. You all got caught with your sparkly panties down. And while we have a culture that has a massive problem with child porn, with sex trafficking, you, a little school district board of adults, made the decision to feature an event to hypersexualize young children. Do you want to know that the word that defines that? It's groomer. You all played the activist pimp for an aligned surgical center and for a 21 plus gay bar. It makes you groomers and activist pimps and we won't have those sitting on a school board who oversees the education of our children. You all stepped out of line you should be ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing loving. No. There's nothing. Let's unite and include. Because the logical conclusion of that is you end up in diabolical evil. There are boundaries. And you don't slap family-friendly titles on stuff to cover your ass. And this is that last piece she says, which is so absolutely correct. You open the door to diabolical evil. So much of what we see happening to our children right now in the schools is a preparation, a shaping of the container to receive evil. And they're breaking down the normal boundaries and barriers that should be being inculcated and trained into a child. And they're making them unaware of the fact that they're now being receptors for this absolutely horrific evil that's around. Once you go through the principles of Common Core, which are based on the concepts of MKUltra, and what that does is it breaks truth down and it and it makes people receptive to receive reinterpretations of truth would be a way of putting it 
So instead of focusing on an answer that's absolute, the idea is the process is more important. Well, this is counterintuitive to how we're wired. But that breaks down your, your ability to see truth and to be protected. And it goes even farther because in a true MK Ultra sense, it shatters the brain into what we call subalterns, personality actually, into subalterns. So that there's an ability to shape and very specifically program to the point that, and and much of that programming, and if and I'm very serious, what I'm going to say, if you question this, go and read the dark arts of this. Those that instrument MK Ultra worship the, the power of the demonic realm, and they believe in bringing in the demonic spirits into people's lives. Now, the problem we have in in our in a lot of the way that we approach Christianity today is that we say that well, that's just them, and I don't want to hear it. That's garbage. And we shut the shut it off. As I've always said, is you better know what your enemy's doing, and understand what their process is, and you better know how to counter it. And this is where we get into a, a very different, a very have to be very visceral in, or very active in our approach of faith, because they are actively working through the processes of blood sacrifice, through the process of ritualistic abuse, and abuse takes many forms, including emotional, to open up these dimensional portals, if you will, so that demons can enter in. And this is real. This is, if you pay attention to what's going on in our schools right now, it is horrific. I mean, what's becoming the new normal is violence. And violence is not native to children. But violence has become the new normal in the public schools, including especially gang violence of black on white. That's, that's the big one. And so as she said, is there's boundaries we cannot cross, and they do. They're crossing these, and even on a bigger level, what happened yesterday with our press secretary at a national level is she's opened up this gaping acceptance that we're now going to groom the welcoming of coming out of the closet, and we welcome you so that they can groom children on a mass level. There's a statistic that came out today in one of the California schools that they're bragging about the fact that the gender plurality of students is up 569%. I have no doubt that that's a true statement because it's not about, it's about the conditioning of the mind that they're doing. They're breaking these children. So you start with common core and then you go to critical race theory and critical race theory breaks people down and it breaks not people, it's breaking the children down so that they feel they are now seeing each other through the, a lens of separation of color and race. Black students are being trained that they have been oppressed and that they are justified in getting their revenge. White students are taught that they're being, they should feel guilty about their past. And all of this is being done with one universal thing, that your parents are wrong about how they've taught you. The only true teacher to you is us in the school system. This is also why... I, we are seeing so many in the LGBTQ movement leading this fight because they themselves, in my opinion, they're partly possessed. This is a darkness that has settled into their heart that's unprecedented. And they are now seizing control and have seized control of the entire curriculum development. And parents that are allowing their children to go to school are just allowing their children to be sucked into a conditioning program that ultimately leads to QT, which is queer theory. And all of this over-sexualization, and that over-sexualization is all counter 
to Scripture. It's about being obsessed with the, the, the issues of the flesh. And we're told to step away from the obsessions of the flesh, and they're pumping the obsessions of the flesh in a child. How do you think that's going to be to get, that, get them to undo that in time? We are watching the mainstreaming of sin right before our very eyes. And for the most part, there's not a lot being said about it. So we have an absolute destruction of the moral foundation of our world, which was built on God's word. And it's, it is assaulting this brutally. And there's still a high measure of passivity on the sidelines. Obviously, the most aggressive action that can be taken for the protection of the children is to pull them out, get them out of schools, and that's essential. But in the other side of that, this is still happening, and this is where we have to get into a little deeper look here at what I believe that they are doing, and I'm going to use this analogy. I may have used it earlier today, but I'm just going to use it again. Look at the earth more like a battery. And I say this for just a sense, sense of what I'm going to describe. The earth is a battery that is going to absorb the, the, the way that we are, are living. And right now, the nastiness, the blood sacrifices, the abuse of children, the trafficking of children is creating a massive negative energy, and it's sucking into the earth. And we're being left with that, which is coming out in the many forms. And the demonic realm is very visceral in our face. You can't deny that it's here. You may have different opinions on whether we can be possessed with demons or not. I get that. I don't want, we're not going to cut that bread today. But the presence of the demonic realm is in our face. And you can't deny that. The openness of satanic ritualization of everything, the, the even the courts swaying to the idea that, for example, that even considering an argument that, Abortion is a right of the satanic realm because that's part of their process of ritual sacrifice that they need to preserve. This is, I mean, this is the worst of the worst. And this is a, a Babylonian system that we're watching before us. And we are, we're still cowering back on the sidelines. Let me read 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness and although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. If you take that template, you're looking at the script of what's being done to children. They're training them and conditioning them, conditioning them to be lovers of self, to be lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. All of this is happening in the public schools, and now it's happening at a very young age. And this puts the onus on us as the only ones that can truly make the change. And that burden on us is tremendous. And so our normal reaction is to position ourselves, especially in this day with a, with a society that is so profoundly positioned for an aggressive 
counter to the government. And, and what I'm, I'm going to say here, I want you to hear very clearly, we have a massive realm of tools within the spirit realm of the sword of the spirit. And we have to use that as our foundation. But as I will always say, you will always hear me say, never give up the sword of steel, which is whatever metaphor you want it to be that rests on your hip, because this is an aggressive and violent enemy. But I do want to challenge us all to reflect very deeply on a couple stories. Well, one story in particular, which is Jericho and also Gideon's army. And I think in there we gain some very deep insight that we're not using enough. Obviously, Gideon, was, once God takes Gideon through the selection process and weeds his thousands, his tens of thousands, down to 300, that army now stands up against a very dark and demonic enemy and how do they defeat it? It's through the pots of light, the breaking of those to bring light to the world, and through the shofars, which is the instrument of frequency. Very important, because we see that same thing replicated again in the Jericho, where they are walking with the ark, and they're singing prayer in hymn for seven times around the or seven days with seven times circling the city on the seventh day, and then God breaks the walls open. Our prayers, our hymns, our our open and and joyous love for God have tremendous impact in our homes and resonate deeply within us. And so I'm simply putting this out as a challenge for everyone to try to enhance that in our homes. The music that we select, the way that we live our lives, with the words that come from our mouth that define us. Christ has even talked about that. To really work very aggressively at being in that place of that power of the Christ-loving sense of, of into the world. And again, that has nothing to do with giving people a big hug and a wet, wet one on the cheek. Okay, because our that these words have become deeply defiled by this time that we're in. When we say the word gay, it used to mean joyous. Now it means one thing, two men together having a love and sex together, physical love, corporal love and sex. They've defiled that word. When we say rainbow, we don't think of God's world with the first thing they want you to think of is their flag, which is again a mockery of God with what it represents in LGBTQ, right? And all these multiplicities of genders that never seem to end. When God was very simple, it was just man and woman. That's it. And in fact, when you hear them discuss things now, they get so convoluted in their discussion that they literally bring it to a point where they try to define things in such a bizarre way that you can't even keep track of what they're what they're saying or how they define the world. Because and it's intentional because it's designed to be so complicated. I want you to listen to this minute of misery. Here it comes. I'm non-binary, which means it's not just that I'm challenging the binary between male, female, man, woman, but between us and them. And in your statement, you said, why don't I help them as if this struggle is not your struggle too? The reason you don't fight for me is because you're not fighting for yourself fully. And any movement that's trying to emancipate men from the shackles of heteropatriarchy or emancipate women from traditional gender ideology has to have trans and non-binary people at the forefront because we are actually the most honest. We're tracing the root. Where do these ideas of manhood and womanhood come from? They come from a binary structure 
And so that's why people like me who are visibly gender nonconforming, who are both feminine and masculine and none of the above, we experience the brunt of all of these collective fantasies that were created that are killing other people that are also killing us. It just looks different. I have no idea what he just said other than this, that what we're witnessing is that the transgenders are on the front line and they're on the front line because they're Satan's shock troops. And what they're doing is they're convoluting the entire concept of gender. And where is their first target? It's always children. They're groomers. They are grooming and they are grooming children. And we use groomers in a very narrow sense because we talk about groomers sexualizing people. Patriots, this is worse than that. This is grooming them into the world of Satan and Lucifer's hands. This is grooming them in the way that the old worships have done with Baal and Moloch. And they're doing it in such a way because in their life, this what he articulates, which we don't hear enough to make people realize, is that this this gender plurality, they don't want to be man or woman. They want to be sexually neutral, which is what Baphomet is. And so their desire is to be both. When you say sexually neutral, they want to be both man and woman because they see that they embody both and that they should. And this creates the discussion of plurality in their life that they're now able to impose upon others. All the ideal along is to separate and scar and separate youth in particular from God as they know they are pure souls as they enter into the world. The motivation behind blood sacrifice with children is that they are they see their souls as pure. If you listen to the talks of a pedophile, of a of someone who is looking after kids to find them and to, and to sexually exploit them, they are attracted by the purity of the soul. That's purely dark art stuff here. And that is because in that purity of the soul, they feel that they can get more energy out of it, that they get energized. It's not just the, the blood issues, it's the spiritual issues that come with this. And it's deeply, deeply dark. So by wrecking havoc on a pure soul, what they see that they're able to do is then bring them over so that they're wrecked in such a way that they can never return. We know that's not true because Christ died for our sins and we can bring somebody over and they can be healed again through the blood of Christ and the acceptance of Christ, the baptismal process, all of this. We know that. But once they get locked into this cult thinking and they're pulled into this vortex of the dark darkness that exists there. Their idea, you can agree or disagree with this, but the point is that their ultimate goal is to embody the dark spirits within the person that then consume them and hold them and lock them there so that they can't escape. This is something that in, in a lot of the teachings today we're not addressing. And again, it's, I, I say this so many times, you may be uncomfortable with the idea of dark spirits within somebody. Okay, got it. They're not. And the problem with so much of life is, and it's a simple statement that I say many times, stories are what define us. People are, will, will live through the stories that they believe. So when we get into, say, old tribal stories, where you're dealing with black magic, many people scoff at it from the West. They say it's garbage. It's just in their mind. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. What I'm telling you is our perspective in the West has been deeply shaped by the, by the period of the age of reason. And in the age of reason, our senses were knocked down to five. And that was 
what we what we consider our normal five, right? So it's touch and it's smell and it's taste and it's sight and it's hearing. And in that, if it doesn't fit within any of those, we qualify it as it does not exist. When you're dealing with people in old cultures or satanic ritual people, they consider these other realms part of an extension of life and they embrace it fully even whether they can see it or not. And this creates a different sense and perspective on warfare in which we're dealing with. We are dealing with a true spiritual war right now. And it's a war for the survival of humanity. And while I say this all the time, I get it. I get that we're in a place right now where we can say, well, God wins. But we're here. Like I say every night at the end of the show, we're here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. Our mission, our role is very real. It is literally to occupy, to expand, and subdue. And here's the part that I think that it's worth considering is because when we, we stand before Father God, look, it's not going to be a test on, the, on your memory recall of Scripture. Scripture is essential for us to build up our armor, to build up our understanding of life, to live through the Word. I'm not diminishing it, but please hear what I'm saying. That true, the true look is to see the reflection of Christ in our heart and how we live through that. And, and that's what's so important in the time and place that we're in. And so as we are here in this place and we're seeing people that are being consumed with all and being surrounded by this dark teachings, these demonic experiences, these ritualistic approach to try to suck people in and they don't have a relationship with God. And in our, in, in, in their many are being rejected or feeling rejected about churches because even then they can't, they can't talk about some of this because they're shunned in a sense of Christ, and then walking that Christ walk as a biblical Christian, we're going to have to start listening, hearing their stories, and bringing them towards Jesus. Look, I've seen this firsthand now on so many levels in the last in the last couple of weeks, and as I took the trip across the nation, I'm telling you that it's opened my eyes deeply to the deeper, deeper love in Jesus and the power in which he brings. When you talk to men that were lost, that have done hard time that have now been restored through Christ that are racing after Christ like I few I've ever seen and in openly the strength and the power of men that are equally humble enough to put themselves before the altar and shed tears to openly accept where their faults are and ask for healing but at the same time to have the strength and being able to as they move through this process own what experience God gave them so that they can fully embrace not the life as a negative, but as they've been reborn in Christ to realize that their life to get there was as God intended. That's a very, very powerful walk. And it's a very powerful reminder when we're approaching a culture that's being deeply affected by dark demonic teachings. And it's, it's so devious that it's also trying to tell them that they can't be forgiven. Part of this process we're in right now with this taking children and parents being sucked into this, which is just the part of it that just is the most horrific part of all, where parents are willfully putting their children at young age through surgeries, which are designed specifically to destroy them as God intended them to be on this earth. Castration, mutilation of, of young girls' breasts, this is now becoming a standard. The destruction 
of of the ability for for young girls to carry children and to replace their natural organs with artificial penis or artificial testicles. This is happening. And turning a young boy into a girl by literally cre- turning cutting off his male parts and then creating an artificial vagina, this is actually happening. And this is the sickness of the world because they're being forced into such a place that they're in their mind it, they can never be forgiven. They can be forgiven. And they can be restored. And I would go so far as to say that with the mightiness of Christ and the Christ, and I truly will say this, they can also be greatly healed in ways we can are way beyond what we consider because that's the glory of what Christ can do. But we have to walk in that place. We have to be strong and bold against an enemy, and we have to be embracing and loving to try to bring these people back to Jesus. That person we just heard from, this gender freak here that's going on, he is like a foot soldier on the front line. His eyes are on destroying and recruiting and bringing in as many as he can because once he can suck them into into his realm and groom them and bring them in, he has gained power, and that's what he feeds on because that's what his God needs because that sacrifice that's made every time a young child is mutilated, it is a sacrifice, and it's a sacrifice that feeds their God, and in so doing, they see it in their life that they receive in, in return blessings. This is consistent with Scripture as far back as we go. This is where Moses comes off the mountain after God has said he's going to destroy the people, and Moses pleads with him not to, and Moses then confronts the reality of what his people have done. They've taken the gold, and they've melted it and formed it into a golden calf, and they're now performing rituals. And what is the ritual? It's the ritual of sacrifice because that's what that represents. And that means they were burning their first child burning their first child inside the bull. So when Moses knocks over the or in the golden calf, so when Moses knocks over the golden calf and forces them to drink the water, it's a, it, the idea of what he's done is it's, it's almost turns your stomach because what he's forcing them to do is to lick the water, drink the water that has the ashes from their children that they have burned. It's punishment. It's justice. So, This idea of what's happening now in this whole grooming process is feeding their gods and feeding these demons. And these demons are alive and active. And so with us, in this very powerful moment in time, our prayers are absolutely essential together collectively. Our prayers for our our homes are absolutely essential collectively. Our ability to step in, as we do in, in church, sing, singing and singing praise and going through praise and worship, that has to be in our daily life too. We are combating an enemy that is outside of our physical touch. It's not the era of lock and wisdom. Rather, it's the era of returning to that, um, that era of Jesus and, and putting Christ in our heart, putting Christ in our lives, letting him, trusting in him, and fully embracing all that he is. And wherever that leads us, we have to follow, because I'm telling you, we are being called in this time. Everybody that will listen is being called, because the enemy's on the march, and the enemy is going after the most sacred gift God could ever give us, and that's the children. And God is very clear. Christ was very clear. As we read from the beginning, The whole principle of what we face now 
needs to be remembered that they would be better to have a millstone around their neck, a heavy millstone around their neck and be put into the, into the sea than to face the Father. There is no greater, I don't know that there's a greater crime in God's eyes than to forcing a child into sin. And these people revel in it. And more than they revel, they look at, the, they look at us and they see us and they say, weakness, they're not even protecting, they're allowing us, and we're giving them the children. I mean, what more can we say? Here you have a vulture and you're sitting there and you have a predator and you're like, oh, that's okay. I know you're a predator, but please take my child and treat them right. What do we expect as the outcome? And how can we expect that God's going to be here kindly going, oh, yeah, that's cool, folks. That's cool. Isaiah 58, cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. This is time for us to be loud and to be bold. The irony of that is President Trump, even though I don't, he is, I don't believe that he is walking truly with Christ, but he said those words on July 3rd in 2020 in front of Mount Rushmore. He said them clearly. Stand up, be heard, be loud. That's the power of what we have, and we have to do this. These times are difficult times. The realities that we face are coming greater and greater each day. It's a fine line. And, and as we look at our world, it's, it's emerging. We have those that are slowly awakening that when we talk about things like child sex trafficking and the abuse of children, it can overwhelm so quickly that they will run away and not want to hear. At the same time, we have this other group, we'll call this the remnant, that is high, deeply awake. We're seeing this and we're being pulled into action. And with the wrong triggers, we could cross that line and do the destruction that isn't what, isn't what God needs us to do. We have to walk powerfully and trustingly in the body of Christ. We have to seek all that he can provide us in tools and weaponry in the spiritual realm to confront this. And we have to listen to where that leads you and guides you. Again, I don't know where you're at with this whole concept of demons. You can believe it or not believe it. What I know is they believe it. And that is when, if you ever deny what an enemy believes, you create a weakness in, in your ability to fight them. These people are not joking around. They're not afraid of us. They're not afraid of you. And they hate God because they love their God more. And that's their idolatry and it will be their ultimate end. But we have a responsibility in this time as we walk in this and as we walk in this time as emissaries and disciples of our Lord, it is essential that we stand boldly and that we use all that we can to bring those across, to crush the enemy's control on them, and to bring Christ into their lives. That's our greatest challenge. It takes courage, and it literally takes the, those dread champions of righteousness to stand up to this and to be bold and be heard. Because through that and through our prayers, God will work amazing things. Let us pray. Father, we're blessed this evening just to have a conversation that takes us into some perhaps more difficult places. And yet as we walk this, we know that Jesus, you are right here with us. And Father, we just pray for your continued pouring out of courage as we face a difficult time with an evil and dark enemy that seeks to do nothing more than to destroy what you've created. Father, in this time where we have stumbled, please forgive us. Where we've hesitated, please forgive us. 
hear our hearts, though, that we are, we are standing now, and what we seek is the guidance of where to go. Please speak to us, each of us, as you choose and as you need for us to move in the directions that you need us to move. And we pray for everyone that hears this to have the heart open to be listen to that call and to walk in the direction you need us to go, even if we're uncomfortable doing it, to trust and obey in your word so that as we confront this enemy, your army rises up and truly uses the maximum sources and, and tools it has to defeat an enemy, to protect the children, and ultimately to secure, to expand, and to d- subdue. Guide us, Father, in these times, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is an amazing time in which we live. It is also a demanding time. And if you're feeling tired, it's normal. If you're feeling a a heaviness, turn to prayer. Ask Father God to lift up the weight. Talk to Jesus. I've said this so many times, and I'm so real about this. Build that intimate relationship with Christ. And if you feel you don't have it, simply pray and ask for it. Let that channel open up. There is so much that we gain when we allow Christ just to move through us. Such amazing things happen. And this enemy has no chance in that realm. But we can't give this enemy either way an inch in our lives or an inch in any place we walk. This enemy must be pushed back. And this and it must be understood that as we walk with Christ, we have authority. They have no authority. There is no authority that they hold where we walk. We truly own the authority. We're given the authority to step on snakes and, and scorpions and dominion over all evil. And we must proclaim that in our lives as we walk. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He truly is, and he loves us, and he'll never forsake us, and he, is, he will always win, but he has us here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the